As a designer, one of the most popular projects that we do is a kitchen design. It adds a lot of value to the home, but it is also a big endeavor. There's so many components to it. I'm going to bring Jonathan Poppet on the show today from Thomas & Birch Cabinetry, and he knows it all. He's an expert in it, and he'll help guide us through the entire process. Jonathan, does that sound pretty accurate to you? Uh, well, I don't know if I know it all. But, uh... <laughs> oh, I meant the part about the kitchen being a big endeavor. Oh, yeah. Well, that is a big endeavor for sure. Where would um, you start with everything? Like a lot of clients now, I feel like, have the wrong impression of what a kitchen renovation or bathroom renovation is. They think that it can be done in a couple days, that you can get the product off the shelf and end up with a really high-end, beautiful look. But that's just not reality. Um, well, I mean, you know, I guess it just depends on what your expectations are. Um, you can certainly go to a box store or something like that and get an off the shelf kitchen, but you need to, like you say, set your expectations as to what you're actually going to end up with the end result. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, there's so many aspects to kitchen design. It's not just, um, changing the molding out in one room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a big project um, because, you know, it, it encompasses, you know, flooring and countertops and tile and plumbing and electrical and appliances and painting <laughs> and oh my uh, lighting. And yeah, like it, it, it is a very large uh, project for most people. Um, you know, you can get away with not, you know, with not doing all of that, obviously. It depends on the scope of what you want to do. But um, it typically makes the most sense that if you're going to change the cabinets that you know, they're kind of the foundation of the whole kitchen. Um, so and they're also you know, one of the bigger ticket items as well. You don't want to be changing them up every year. Yeah. So you really want to make sure you know what, you know, it is you want. And, you know, like I'll have uh, clients a lot of times to say, well, we just want to change the countertops or something like that. You know, and we're going to change the cabinets in a couple of years. And, and I, I try and counsel people away from that because, you know, you're, once you put the new countertops in, then it's like, okay, well, that's really hard to now change the cabinets after the fact. Right. Uh, most of the, you know, the countertops typically will follow what the cabinets are doing. So. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think before we get into the whole process of it, because we're going to, we're going to get into the nitty gritty today. I want to go back a bit further. How did you okay. even get into this? Uh, well, it's a, well, it's not really a long story, but it, I, I started out working as, a, as an engineer for a company called Kohler, uh, which is the plumbing manufacturer mm -hmm. uh, in, um, in Armstrong in the, in the interior. And um, I was building a house and um, I had a kitchen designer doing the design work, the kitchen. Um, but I had a very, you know, as a, I, I designed bathtubs and showers and, and, and things like that. So I had a, a design background. Um, but more of an industrial design background. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had sort of taken on the design role myself and sort of like, this is real, I knew what I wanted pretty clear as to how I wanted it done and what I wanted. And it was just kind of a circumstance that my kitchen designer happened to be pregnant and she was going on maternity leave and she's like, you're really good at this. You should, you should sell and design kitchens. I'm like, oh, well, was that? I have no idea like what that would even entail as far as you know a career right uh, which would be a career change right sales if you go from engineering to sales mm -hmm. um but you know I, I kind of felt like uh it might not be a it'd be an interesting thing to to do and mm -hmm. I, I certainly enjoyed it and um so I ended up making the switch to the company that was actually building the kitchen oh my wow house. 
Yeah, so and I basically I took over for her while she was on maternity leave. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where it all started in, in Kelowna and the Okanagan. Um, and I did that for, I want to say like three or four years. I can't remember exactly how long I was there. And then I decided that I wanted to, you know, kind of from an entrepreneurial background, uh, decided that I wanted to, you know, have my own company. And so we decided to move out here. My family was up. My parents had already moved out here. And so I had family out here. And so we packed up all the kids and the dog and everything and moved into my parents' house and started Thomas and Birch. <laughs> that was like uh, be 11 years ago in July. So pretty much just jumped right in. Yeah, I, I, um, I had my, I, my actually my, my dad's neighbor was building a house and that's, I got connected with them and we, we did their kitchen and they, it was a big house. They had two kitchens and like a bunch of bathrooms and stuff like that. So there was like a carriage house and things like that. And um, so that's how I started. And the company that I was working for became my supplier. And, um, and uh, yeah, so I started all off with one sale here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And we moved out and we moved in with my parents. <laughs> and they're like, I thought we got rid of all you kids. Now you've got more. Um, yeah, so yeah, so like I said, it was about 11 years ago now. And um, we've been kind of at it ever since and growing and expanding and yeah, I think that's really interesting, too, because um, to do kitchen design, it's not necessarily about just making it look beautiful because you need to have that part of it. But it's also all the intricacies of it as well. You know how to install it. You know how to make it functional. You know all the different options available for the space and really guiding the clients through that. Yeah, and, you know, like for me, coming from an industrial design background, uh, engineering background, the technical side of it was, you know, I was really strong at, and of course I had to, you know, work on the, the pretty side of it, if mm-hmm. you will, like that side of it, you know, materials and things like that. But, you know, you're right. Like really there, it's about guiding people through the process um, because there is, and as you know, as a designer, there's just so much product and things out there to, to choose from nowadays. Not yes. like it was well, 30 years ago, you had like Oak and Malamy, like yeah. it was, you know, so, um, so there's that, and then of course, you know, soft closed doors and drawers and all the new things that, you know, touch open and mm-hmm. power open doors and things like that. So there's a lot of technical aspects to know and, um, and as well as a lot of the design aspects. So it's always, you know, always important to find a professional to help you through it. Um, because it can be quite daunting, um, and knowing how things, the clearances and all those things, so that the drawers don't bang into the handles mm-hmm. and all the appliances fit and all that stuff right absolutely and you're not just a salesperson I mean you're on a job site right now you know how it has to be put together so that it works well and so that it stands up and you don't have to be servicing it all the time and such yeah well yeah so I you know I, I occasionally have to jump on the tools and um and, and install depending on how busy we are and right now it's really really <laughs> yeah um but yeah and, and you know so it's a, it's an important aspect that uh, be working with somebody that kind of knows the whole, you know, from the start of the process all the way through to the finish mm-hmm. uh, finished product. And with your team, I really like too that it doesn't necessarily matter how much experience you have. You could have somebody that has zero experience. They can they come to you as soon as they can to help put that together, the layout, the colors everything, even the appliances and all that, or somebody that's a seasoned professional like myself that needs someone to build their kitchen for them and make their vision a reality. 
Yeah, I mean, that, and that's like what we'll do is, you know, if, if it's somebody who, um, you know, they don't have a contractor or the mm-hmm. designer to help them, um, you know, we'll obviously help with, you know, we can do all the kitchen yep. design work and, and all that stuff. And then, you know, we, we've got lots of contractors that we work with, so we'll send somebody or, you know, a recommendation to go work with them. And some people are confident enough that they, they can, like, manage the project themselves, which it, it, it is doable for sure. Right. Um, it just depends on how confident you are in, in really your organizational ability, because that's kind of what it boils down to when you're you're the the general contractor is just you know organizing all those trades and people to come and go and the timing of that and making sure people aren't tripping over each other and, and that type of stuff. Uh, and especially right now with COVID, it's you know even more important to make sure you're not overlapping too much with the trades and things. So yeah. how has COVID affected your business? Uh, well, I mean, obviously last year and around this time, March was a really tough time. And I think because there was so much uncertainty as to mm-hmm. what it even meant, you know, so there was about three months there where we, you know, where the showroom was closed and, um, you know, there wasn't really much going on new sales wise because people were just sort of feeling out what was happening. Um, luckily we were, we had a really strong January and February. And so we had a lot of projects that were already in the queue and like, still installing so um from the installation and construction side of things never really stopped mm-hmm. through that three-month period uh just the showroom and the sales side slowed down um and then once that kind of we got through that period and, and i'm sure you you know this as well it just went nuts so right? exactly like, you could kind of see it picking up you're like okay this is great we're going to come out of this no problem and then i you know in the last three or four months it's just been it's i, I haven't seen it this busy since like I don't know, 2008, sort of before the financial crisis type of thing happened. <laughs> well, and it's sort of made it now that it's even more important for the planning process. I think it really is the most important time, giving yourself enough time in the beginning to do the design and all of that, but also to have realistic um, timelines and such too. Yeah, well, and you know, like cabinetry is probably one of the longest lead time mm-hmm. uh, products of, well, of a kitchen renovation. Um, just because we have, you know, especially custom cabinetry because we're building it from scratch. It's it's not off the shelf. Uh, so it it um, you know typically our our normal lead time and when when things are normal is about eight to nine weeks from you know the time we finish the design work and we we're ready to order to the time that it's delivered and installed. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we're sitting at about sixteen to seventeen weeks. Right. So you can like, it's basically double Um, and it's, and it's not, you know, there's, there's a little bit of uh, supply chain issue in some areas, not really that bad. It's not like software number for us because we are using different products, Um, but it's simply volume. Like, Mm -hmm. I I guess it's everybody's staying home and they're like, I hate my crappy looking kitchen and I'm going to, this doesn't work for me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to renovate it or I'm going to do the bathroom or office or whatever and it's you know people aren't spending any their disposable income they're not spending on travel or obviously so mm-hmm. um they've focused that in, the, in this in our industry which has been great it's been amazing and now we have the other problem where we're like oh my god how are we gonna 
Yeah. Manage all this, right? So, yeah. And I think working with the clients, it's breaking it down a little bit too. So how I often refer to it is let's get sort of the install date from the cabinetry company and we'll work backwards. So we have to have everything picked, demoed, ready to go so that when you guys are ready, you can just slide right in and get the install started. And you don't, you're not without a kitchen for too long either because you don't want to pull it out and then go seven months without a kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's and that's you know a very important point that you know will make sure that you you know our clients know right up front that hey it's going to be this you know this is that the week it's going to be delivered and, and you know for us we're very you know we we're a Cabico partner uh, a Cabico boutique and so um, we have a larger manufacturing facility actually two of them and um, what that gives us the ability to do is very be very accurate with the pricing and the timing of a job. So mm -hmm. typically when we, um, you know, we'll have a lead time sort of schedule and when a client signs off, we'll say, well, it's gonna ship and be installed July 17th or arrive July 17th and it'll install on the 18th. Like 99% of the time that's, we're on that day. Absolutely. Because um, when those so, things ship or shift too much, then your cabinet, your countertops can't be templated until the cabinet tree's in. You can't put the backsplash in. There's all the little intricacies that have to be done after the cabinet tree. Yeah, and, and that's why it's important right now to make sure you're, you know, if you are starting a project, you're planning a project to build in a little bit of cushion and buffering for yourself because, you know, not just us, but all the other trades, you know, electrical, plumbing, carpenters, mm -hmm. they're all uh, extremely busy right now. So their ability to react to, schedule changing is is tough because right. you know one thing falls behind and then it's a domino effect right and so then you're trying to bounce things around so like when when for example when we have a project and we approach kind of that three week mark we'll actually call the contractor the homeowner whoever's running the project and be like okay are you ready this is coming here's yeah. here's when it's coming if you're not ready like tell us now and we'll forever hold we'll, your peace yeah we'll 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 change the ship date or whatever you know we'll make adjustments you know but we want to make sure we're ahead of the game so that, you know, because we don't want to be stepping on anybody's toes and we don't want anybody to be, you know, because you don't want to be climbing all over each other at the best of times. And right. Obviously that, that's the other thing. Um, because it's, it's important for all your, you know, your electrical rough-ins and all those things to be ready so that you can then start, you know, um, uh, installing it. And one of the things I think people don't always realize is that when you're installing a kitchen, the kitchen needs to be empty. Right. right, like nothing in there, and then when the cabinets arrive, they need to be in a room. Other than yes, yeah, other than the kitchen, because you can't, because you're gonna, you have to mark it all out and make sure it's ready to go, and then start pulling from that pile of cabinetry mm -hmm. in the dining room, right? So it doesn't usually just encompass that one room. It it typically will take up, you know, a couple of rooms, and right. you know, like when the cabinets all arrive, we got to take all the doors off and the drawers out and put them somewhere as we're installing the cabinets. So, so there is a little bit of a space that's required as well. So those are all things that you have to sort of be aware of when you start to, to do that planning process. Let's talk about the planning process a bit. So I usually recommend to my, recommend to my clients to get the layout portion of it dealt with first, get a really good working space, good work triangle, and then we get to deal with the fun stuff as far as picking colors and finishes and all of that. 
I would say, though, that there's a bit in between that as far as taking inventory of everything each client has, how many small appliances, how many cutler drawers, that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on that? Would you say that that's pretty accurate? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, the the functionality is, uh, you know, the aesthetic is very important, but the functionality is almost, at, you know, more important in, mm-hmm. in a way because, you know, unless it's just for a showpiece and you're never going right. to use it, but totally different yeah you know, there are our houses out there like that absolutely um but you know you want to make sure it's functional worrying because you're in that space every single day you know usually more than once a day and every uh, client and family is a little bit different too you may have a client that is wanting to design around their dream range that's 48 inches wide and has this huge hood fan and such whereas somebody else it's more about having a great baking space or that countertop they wanted or well, and, and I mean, you know, bringing up the appliances is a good point because that is something that it's almost like it, it, it really needs to be decided on what appliances you want and what can actually work in your space kind of before you even go down the design road process. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like we can change the size of a cabinet and make the cabinet smaller or wider, bigger, taller, whatever, because we're making it custom. But 36 inch fridge can't be made 30 inches after you've already ordered it. Right? And you know a 36 I mean? inch fridge just, it isn't just a 36 inch fridge either. It could be a counter depth that needs more height, or it could be something yeah. that is a little bit wider and needs more ventilation or those sorts of things too. Or, yeah. Or integrated. Uh, yeah. Like Built in. Uh, when you say integrated, um, just for the people out there, like there's no visual of having the cabinet or the panel attached to the front of the refrigerator. So you don't actually see the appliance. It looks like a pantry and. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you put uh, cabinetry doors on it and dishwashers are a popular one for that and um, fridges, obviously. Um, so yeah, so like those are all the things you need to, like you really need to know like, okay, well, do I want a wall of this? Do I want mm-hmm. a range, a cooktop, you know, and, and those type of things um, are important to to have that sort of figured out. I wouldn't say necessarily ahead of time, but definitely it's one of the first things you need to to decide on as you're starting the layout design process because mm-hmm. it's you know that will affect how you design the whole kitchen right and what are you seeing for some of the trends in the last couple of years where are clients moving towards um you know i think the woods are really coming back strong and have been for a while um walnuts uh has been popular for a few years now um I just did my own kitchen and I did walnuts um, and, and a mix of walnut and lacquers. Yeah. Um, lacquers meaning like a painted colored painted. finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, course on uh, white oak uh, and white oak in general has really been popular. Um, right. Back in the day it was red oak, um, but red oak doesn't see it is. It's a different looking grain on a different color. Mm-hmm. Uh, the white oak is a lot more, uh, brown and yellows tones in it there's not as much red and pink in it and not uh, as many knots and rustic look to it either yeah i mean when and a lot of that will also depend on the cut that you Mm -hmm. get so like when i say core cut or riff cut that's that's cutting more in the direction of the grain um so you're getting more you know vertical or horizontal like sort of tight grains as opposed to what you would think of you know from 20 or 30 years ago with the flat cut where you get those big sort of loopy sort of crowns in the in the finish or in, right. the, in the material. Uh, so yes, yeah, so a quarter cut um, or rift cut, which are pretty similar. 
um, are very popular as well. Um, what else? Uh, you know, obviously, canvas, the ceiling, that type of thing. Um, what about uh, the hidden pantry door? I've done so many of those lately. Everybody wants it. It's almost as popular as the island. Oh, you like a walk-through pantry? Type yeah, of thing? into the butler pantry, but it looks like a cabinet door flush with the rest of your cabinets. And then, surprise, it's your butler pantry with all the mess in there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you've got the space to do it, it's it's a great way to, to kind of have that hidden room. And it, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of the same sort of philosophy as the, the panel-ready fridges and, and right. appliances. You're making, you're showing off the woods and the materials, and not the, the the um, the stainless steel or the you know the glass door. You know, like they, they used to have the glass door in the corner pantry, and it's like, oh, and it says pantry on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't do that. You don't see that much anymore. Um, yes. So yeah, so those hidden pantry. You know, one of the other things I see a, a lot of trend towards is uh, bench seats, mm -hmm. banquettes um trying to work those into into the kitchen and working um, storage into it wherever you can too in those benches yeah, well, the, the, the job i'm at right now that's what they did they sort of the kitchen is defined by uh, a pantry at the end of a, of a run and then on the other side there's like a little bar and then it drops down there's a because there's a window and it drops down to a nice little bench seat and you know it's not going to be for eating necessarily but just for relaxing and sitting at and mm -hmm. you know, we'll get it upholstered and throw some nice pillows and stuff in there and it'll uh it's a great place to hang out and relax um as i mentioned we just did our kitchen at our house and and that's one of the things we did we have a, a really big banquette um, i think probably sit like eight or so people 10 people around just the banquette side with the tables yeah. and um so one day when you're allowed to entertain again that'll be amazing <laughs> exactly yeah well i mean you know like with, with we have three teenagers and right. so it just became the area where everybody's hanging out all the time. Everybody's sitting there and, and it's nice because it opens into the space, into the kitchen. So they're in the kitchen space and, and part of the process of cooking and things like that, but they're not in the way, right? They're just they're right. there as part of it. And so it's great. It's a great space for, for families to you know, hang out and do that type of thing. So, And I think that's a huge part of it because every client's a little bit different. They really have to come in and see you and start that process. So mm -hmm. where can people find you? What website, Instagram, that sort of thing to check it out, get ideas, but then also to come down and start the process themselves. Uh, okay. Well, so our physical address is uh, 1609 Blanchard Street, uh, Unit 2A, which is corner of Fish, uh, Fiskard and Blanchard, uh, across the street from Romeo's. And um, there's parking there, so it's always great. And so that's the showroom, and so you can come down and see that. And the showroom is open. Uh, you can make an appointment if, if you feel more comfortable, but if you want, if people want to stop by, it's not like it's, uh, it's, not like it's Costco, so you know, there's not that many people in there at any given time. Um, and then um, website is uh, thomasandbirch.com. And of course, we've got lots of great pictures on there. Um, you can also search for us on house. We've got a great house account. So website's got most of our more recent uh, projects that we put on there. Uh, but our house account has all of the projects that we photograph. Obviously, it's not every project we do, but uh, so quite a lot of inspiration there. Uh, and then as far as our Instagram, uh, it's Thomas and Birch Boutique. Check us out on there and follow us on there because there's always things that we're doing. Uh, one of the things we're actually doing right now is, a, I don't know if I'm, mention this now or not but it's um uh, builders for hospitality so we've kind of started a little campaign with some of our um builder partners 
uh, challenging them to buy uh, gift certificates for the hospitality industry, for the restaurants. That's so uh, awesome. Yeah, the gift cards and stuff. And so we bought like $2,000 from uh, gift cards from, from four wow. different restaurants. And we've been giving them away and also been giving to our clients. And so like that, just to sort of help support those industries that are really getting hurt hard by that, by the pandemic. But, you know, and of course, because we're doing so well with it, we mm. wanted to sort of back a little bit that way. And That's so uh, amazing. Yeah, but, well, as, as much as we love creating great kitchens and things for people to cook in and stuff like that, we do like to eat out. Too, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for being such a wonderful house guest. We've loved having you on the show and we will talk with you later. Okay, great. Thanks for having me, Amy. And we'll, uh, we'll see you around for sure.